Thanks for listening to the weekly teaching podcast for City Church in Knoxville, Tennessee. It is our desire to be a Jesus-centered family on mission. If you live here in Knoxville or are ever visiting the area, we'd love to have you with us at one of our Sunday gatherings. You can find out more at citychurchknox.com. If you're interested in giving financially to help us reach more people in our city, you can give easily at citychurchknox.com give. And finally, if this teaching is helpful to you in any way, we'd love to hear about it. You can email us at info at citychurchknox.com. With that being said, here's this week's teaching. Well, happy Easter, everybody. How we doing? Yeah, uh, my name is Kent. I'm one of the pastors here. I get the privilege of belonging to this incredible community of Jesus followers. And we are so excited that you would join us here on Easter Sunday. Uh, First off, most importantly, how are your legs doing if you're down here on this level? Okay? You surviving? All right, we're going to do you a favor. We're going to try to keep things moving uh, this morning. We're going to try to make things as quick as possible because I know it's tough to stand up for that long, but I think uh, you're going to be distracted by all the incredible things that we're going to get to celebrate this morning. And so hopefully that'll help us make it through. Uh, In just a moment, we're going to get to the most important part of today. And that is seeing 10 people in our church family that have had their lives changed by Jesus get in this pool and get baptized to celebrate. And that is the thing that we've gathered to celebrate here this morning. But really quickly, before we do that, I just wanted to give you some context, especially if you're new, especially if you don't do the whole church thing normally. I just wanted to give you some really brief context about what you're about to see happen and how to understand it and how to process it. So I just wanted to read you a quick quote um, from a professor at Yale named Kenneth Scott LaTourette. He once said this, the more one examines the various factors which seem to account for the extraordinary victory of Christianity, and by that he just means how it quickly became the biggest religion in the world, how it swept the Roman Empire, how it influenced so much of modern society even today, especially in the West. He says, the more you examine that, the more one is driven to search for a cause underlying it all. It is clear that at the very beginning of Christianity, there must have occurred a vast release of energy virtually unequaled in history. Nothing else could explain the surge of the early Christian movement. What caused this release of energy, he says, lies outside the realm in which modern historians are supposed to move. Essentially, he's saying that the widespread impact of Christianity doesn't seem to be explainable in natural terms. Not at all. For it to happen the way that it did, for it to have the impact that it did, there must have been, he says, some vast release of energy virtually unequaled in human history. But speculating on what that release of energy was, he says, that lies outside of the types of things that historians are supposed to speculate about. But then he goes on to say this a bit later. He says, but before I am a historian, I am human. How can I close my eyes to the obvious explanation that something supernatural happened? When Yale historians call something obviously supernatural, it piques my interest just a little bit. So City Church, I am here to tell you this morning that in fact, something supernatural did happen that very first Easter morning, something known as the resurrection of Jesus. That Jesus came back from the grave that early one morning after Jesus had been dead for three days, some disciples went to the tomb to check on his body and his body wasn't there. It was nowhere to be found. 
And so they begin to speculate of what must have happened. And then they begin to think of all the times that he had said, I'm going to be crucified. I'm going to die. And then three days later, I'm going to come back from the grave. And they began to wonder if everything he said would come true, had actually come true. And the reason that we gather here every single Sunday morning at City Church, the reason we gather here specifically on Easter Sunday morning is because Jesus has in fact come back from the grave. And because he is risen, because he came back from the grave, death has lost its sting. Because he is risen, sin no longer has the final word. Because he is risen, evil in our world has an expiration date. And because he is risen, we have new life in him. And that's what we're here to celebrate this morning. And so what we're going to do for the rest of our time is just commemorate that reality, celebrate that reality, reflect on that reality. And the way that we're going to do that is that you are going to see 10 different people up on the screen tell their story on video of precisely what the resurrection of Jesus has accomplished in their life in their heart. You're going to hear them explain the types of things that Jesus rescued them out of and rescued them into. And there's a lot of different details to their stories, but there's one common theme behind them all, and that's that the old version of them is dead and the new version of them is alive. And so what we're going to celebrate here this morning is the life, death, and resurrection of Jesus that makes all of that possible. And in fact, that is precisely what baptism was meant to show us. Look with me at Romans 6, verse 4 on the screen. We were therefore buried with him, Jesus, through baptism into death, in order that just as Christ was raised from the dead through the glory of the Father, we too might live a new life. So when each person goes down under the water this morning, they are signifying that the old version of them has died with Jesus. And when they come back out of the water, they are signifying that the new version of them is now alive in Jesus. And all of that is possible because of the death and resurrection that we celebrate on Easter. And so when each of them comes up out of the water this morning, what you are going to see is this room erupt. People in this room are gonna lose their minds. We're gonna clap, we're gonna yell, we're gonna wave ridiculous foam fingers that say Jesus is alive up in the air. Because there is truly no reality more worth celebrating than the one we are celebrating this morning, amen? Amen. So that's what we're gonna do this morning. That's what all of this is ultimately about. So can I just ask, are you ready to celebrate Jesus together? Amen. Amen. Let's take a look at this first video. Before I met Jesus, I really lived a life just always trying to seek approval from other people. Um, I found it where if uh, they liked me, they liked what I wore or what I said that I was going to like me. And it really just came down to I didn't like myself a lot. And I just always thought if someone else did that I would kind of complete myself. My life before Jesus um, was filled with pursuit of self. And uh, when things didn't go well, that didn't work out so well for me. <laughs> um, and uh, it was very much a self-absorbed life and very much uh, a life run on my own will. Uh, my victories were my own, you know. Um, anytime I succeeded, it was my overwhelming success. Uh, and anytime I failed, it was squarely on my own shoulders. 
Before I met Jesus, I just kind of felt alone, like it was just me whenever I had hard things to go through. I would say I grew up in a lukewarm Christian household. Um, we would go to church every now and then. I would attend Awanas, even went to a couple Bible camps, um, but I always thought it was more of like a social hour. Um, get to go hang out with my friends, kind of do fun things during the week. Um, and that's kind of how I lived most of my life. And then I went to college and my grandma was always like, you're gonna go to church, you're gonna find that. And I was like, eh, no, I don't wanna go by myself. I don't wanna do all that. Um, and then my younger sister actually, and she's one of my best friends, um, truly, I'm just really happy to have her in my life. She got baptized and I was like, oh, okay, that's kind of cool. And it kind of changed that switch for me of thinking of Christianity as less of a label and kind of more of a lifestyle. And then I moved down to Knoxville. And when you move from Wisconsin to Knoxville by yourself, you can't really use the excuse you don't like to do things by yourself anymore. Um, and so my grandma then was still on me, you're gonna go to church, you're gonna find a church. And I was like, okay, I'll try it out. And then I kind of found myself at City Church. And that's when I really started to have like a relationship with the Lord and actually started reading the Bible and listening to worship music. And I just kind of found myself being like, whoa, this is kind of cool. Like I actually am liking where this is going. Uh, I came to know Jesus when I went to a Christian boarding school. And I did not like that. <laughs> uh, but slowly and uh, over time, through the love of the people who were there and uh, the time that they took with me that no one else in my life had seemed to take. Uh, you know, I started to see um, how Jesus had impacted their lives and I wanted, I wanted some of what they had. I became a Christian when I was in first grade. We were talking about it at school in chapel and I decided that I wanted to become a follower of Jesus. I no longer feel that like I need approval from other people. Um, I kind of find that in myself a little bit more. And even though I am perfectly imperfect, that's okay. Um, God made me exactly who I am. And it's really hard to not have a lot of self-confidence when you know you're handpicked and put on this earth for something. Life with Jesus is so much better than a life run, uh, run by myself. You know, I, I have a friend, you know, um, I have a savior and uh, I, I can experience freedom, you know, truly. On the hard days, uh, I've got some place to rest my head um, and in the good days, I've got someone to thank for. I don't feel alone anymore because I know that Jesus is with me and I feel like I don't have to go through everything by myself. The good news of Jesus or the gospel is that the Lord loved us so much um, and he's always trying to find a way for us to be with him and that he sent down his son to die on the cross and resurrect um, just so myself and anyone else who wants to have a relationship with him can go to heaven and have an eternal life. So when Jesus died on the cross for my sins and the sins of you know, all God's children, um, Paying that price for someone as guilty and as undeserving as me, it has made me realize that uh, there is no darkness in my life that I can't come back from. The gospel is the Trinity, and it's Jesus' birth, death, and resurrection. It was Jesus dying for our sins to save all of the sinners for everything that we've done. I want to get baptized because for a lot of my life, I've known Jesus. Um, I've heard the name. It's always been something that I've known about, but I would always call myself more of a believer. 
and now I'm a follower. Um, and there's a big shift in that, and I want to have a symbol to show that to other people. Uh, I want to get baptized because I want to make a declaration of this thing. Um, believe it or not, I waver sometimes with my faith. Um, so here in this community that I've recently found, you know, I want to I want to make a statement to everyone, and uh, I want to become a part of the community in a in a more concrete way. I want to get baptized to show everyone that I'm a follower of Jesus. My life before I met Jesus was um, pretty dark. Um, I've been dealing with a lifetime of anxiety, depression, alcoholism, and substance abuse. Um, finally, after 22 years, just three years ago, I was able to finally quit drinking and drugs. I thought my life was going to magically turn around and be great. Um, but any, if anything, it got worse. Um, I was back where I started, alone and scared and wondering if my life was really worth it. Uh, I had been hanging with the wrong crowd for a few years, uh, which had made me more popular. And so I think I'd uh, come to think too much of myself at the time. So I was, I was into uh, sports and girls and music, and I think it was these things that really drew me into the youth group uh, that was playing sports in the park and uh, doing worship. So I've grown up in and around churches my entire life. Um, church is nothing new to me. Religion is nothing new to me. You know, I was going through life. I was going through the hoops, and I was pretty content with where I was and what I was doing, but I really didn't feel as though I had a greater purpose. I just kind of felt like I was going through life at almost face value. So my life before Jesus was pretty dark. Like, I, I was hanging around the wrong people. I um, pretty consistently just... Um, didn't make the right choices either. It was just really like spiritually dark and just emotionally dark. I didn't live in a necessarily practicing Christian household and multiple times throughout middle school and high school, I gave my life to Christ and just kind of fell off the horse. I came to know Jesus back in October of last year. I was taking an Uber ride and um, I was having a bad day. My Uber driver started talking to me about God and how he helps him when he's alone and scared. Um, and that eventually led me to City Church. Um, so a month later, in November, I walked into City Church as a non-believer. Um, I started hearing music and song lyrics about how God loves me, and he forgives me, and I'll never be alone, and I've never been alone. So sometime between then and um, the first week of January, I stopped and wrote in my journal, on January 7th, across the entire page, I believe. And I was moved also by the powerful testimony of a speaker uh, named Brett Ray, who Christ had transformed from an addict and a runaway to, to an evangelist. And so my church middle school uh, group was also amazingly different from my school friends because uh, Jesus Christ was undeniably in them. So I actually made my decision to follow Christ at a, at a summer youth camp. When I came to college, I started coming to City Church, and I really got into it again. And I think that the change really came when I made a commitment to myself to really try and build a relationship between myself and Jesus. I started doing Bible study um, with a group of students at UT and then um, with my friends and really try to foster that relationship in all of those ways. I ended up actually coming to Tennessee majoring in mechanical engineering and having a total breakdown. And that was one of the first 
times I took something to God like that. So I started taking more things to God, like finding a good community, finding good friends. And I've found all of that like just this past year. So my life with Jesus now is so different. Um, there's light and there's hope. I know with Jesus, my life is worth it. It means something. I don't feel alone anymore. I'm not as scared. Um, I'm not cured of my anxiety or depression, but I'm healing with his help. Um, so <laughs> there is hope out there and I'm so happy to be here. And over the last uh, 33 years, Christ living in me has made me a less selfish person compared to my life before Christ. Uh, and even compared to the time I was most immature in my faith, um, I've become genuinely excited about the opportunity to love other people in Jesus' name and to build Christ's church in, in the ways that God has called me to do so. I do feel as though I have a greater purpose now to serve Jesus. At the point I'm at in life, I'm in college, I'm a sophomore. Um, you don't always know what's coming next, especially the next couple years. I mean, we're looking at moving on in different ways, and that comes with some obvious worries. But knowing that no matter what happens and no matter where I end up, that Jesus will not let me fail has just been incredible for me. Uh, now that I know and follow Jesus, um, life is definitely a lot better, a lot clearer, you know. In high school, I had no idea what to do and no idea where to go to, like, try and seek that guidance. And so this past year, I feel like I've grown a lot and I feel like I'm much more ready, much more convicted and like God is calling me much more strongly to be in fellowship with him. The good news of Jesus is that he's our savior. Jesus Christ is our savior. He lived for us, died for us, and was resurrected so that our sins would be forgiven so that we can spend our eternal life with him in the kingdom of heaven. So the, the gospel is, is God's news to the whole world, uh, you included. So God loved us enough, uh, and he was so merciful and so good that he sent his only son uh, to die for us as a sacrifice for, for our sins so that we could be part of his family forever. The gospel is knowing that God sent his son to die on the cross for all of our sins. And because of that sacrifice, we were able to live each day. I believe the gospel is the story of the creation of man, the fall of man, and eventually Jesus' uh, birth, life, death, and resurrection to save us from our sin. I want to be baptized because I want to declare my life to Jesus. I want to spend my entire life being like him, and I want to say goodbye to the old Allison. So further, for the last few years, I've sent a sense of prompting from the Holy Spirit uh, to be baptized, as well as to be more public about my faith, which I've started to do. And I really want to show like, publicly and privately to myself that I am ready to become a follower of Jesus, and that's just something really important to me. I really want to get baptized because even though, like I said, I've given my or tried to give my life multiple times to Christ, all those times kind of like falling through. It's just I never felt really convicted, like at all. But this time I feel really convicted, and I think to show that conviction, getting baptized is the path to go down. <laughs> Before coming to know Jesus, I didn't have a strong Christian community. Most of my friends weren't believers, and I never really connected with the kids in the churches that we went to. 
I put a lot of worth in things like academics, politics, and outward appearances, and I battled depression for most of middle and high school because I was trying to find my identity in things the world values. Prior to meeting Jesus, I like was very aware of Jesus, um, but I certainly didn't have a relationship with him. But I was working as an ICU nurse all through the COVID pandemic. And I am a person who really wants to do good and be good. And in that kind of work during that time, I could not or would not do, I couldn't do or be enough. People were dying and that was a huge part of my life. Um, I ended up leaving the job that I was working at for three, four years to go and work as a travel nurse. I was raised with a version of Jesus that essentially required perfection and it drove me away from Christianity for a long time and left me struggling to deal with the fact that I wasn't perfect and couldn't be perfect. I accepted Jesus into my life when I was around seven, um, but I kind of had a very on and off relationship with him over the years while I was struggling with depression. Um, and then I started school at UT in 2020 during COVID and started dealing with a lot of hard spiritual questions and doubt. Over winter break, I started going to City Church and I joined the Von Fanges Life Group and my faith grew tremendously over the next year and I got closer to Jesus than I've ever been before. The very first weekend I was here, I got here on a Friday and I showed up to City Church on Sunday. I met the Wendells and they're like, please come to our life group. And I remember Robin texted me as soon as I got home and she's like, I literally just want you to feel like you have people here. I had a lot of questions and I remember it was like at least six months of being like, well, I have this and this and this and this that I need to figure out. And I remember I was sitting at dinner with someone one night and they're like, Amy, you, you need to figure out who Jesus is as a person. Like none of that... It matters, but, like, it will be more helpful to you to figure out who Jesus is as a person. And I think that is really, like, when my mindset shifted about it, I went into that and I was like, I'm ready to argue. And I really just, like, every single week I was like, oh, I don't have to argue. Like, Jesus is good and that's what comes from it. I came to know Jesus through City Church after my wife and I moved to Knoxville her aunt told us about a new church that had just planted here, and I didn't consider myself religious at the time. However, I wanted to support my wife, Jamie, so I came to gatherings with her. Then I went to life group with her, and as I spent more time among the followers of Jesus, I came to know Christ through their example. Life with Jesus is freeing. I don't have to worry about finding my identity and things the world values anymore because I know who I am in Him. And I have a strong community of believers now that God's given me through life groups. And they encourage and support me when I need it and also challenge me to grow my faith every day. I think one of the biggest shifts that I've seen in myself getting to do life with Jesus and with his people that he gave me, which is so fun, um, is just like a relief from anxiety and a relief from having to figure it all out. Where I want to figure out the end of the problems, it's a it makes it okay to say, I don't have to figure this out and I don't have to have it all figured out because there's someone who has it all figured out. My life with Jesus in it now uh, doesn't make me feel like I'm any more perfect or that I do anything really any better, but I do now have hope when I fall and 
I have hope knowing that nothing I do uh, can truly keep me from the grace that he's offering. The gospel is the good news that even though we're sinners, God loves us and sent his son to die on the cross for our sins. And we can be brought into his kingdom by repenting and asking him for salvation. The cross and the resurrection is just proof over and over again that he is good and I can trust him and all the people who have spoken that over my life in the past year. The gospel to me is the joyous knowledge that Christ died for our sins and that he can bridge that gap between my fallible self and the perfection that is God. I want to get baptized as a symbol of my renewed faith in Jesus and to encourage others to come to know him. I want to get baptized because it is such a representation of kind of the transformation that's happened in my life in the past year or so, and I'm super pumped about it. I want to get baptized because this is the first time in my life and in my relationship with Jesus that I feel like I can make this choice to commit my life to him. And I want to show myself and everyone else that commitment to have this journey with Christ. Well, uh, a lot of times people ask me why we don't normally do sermons on Easter Sunday. And I just say, why do one sermon when you can have 10? Right? Um, man, there's... I think there's times, and what we do most Sundays is we try to tell you about the impact that the good news of Jesus has on a person's life. And Easter Sunday is where we just like to show people instead of telling people. It's actually let you see the impact that the gospel makes on a person's life. So we're so incredibly glad um, that you spent your time with us here this morning. Um, We're going to get out of here here in a second. But uh, before we leave, I I just wanted to throw this out there. Part of my story personally is that I became a follower of Jesus after attending a service much like this one where I heard stories of people sharing how Jesus had made an impact in their life. And so all of that to say, I I don't want to leave this place today without acknowledging that maybe you came in here this morning, just, you know, somebody bribed you into coming and told you they'd buy you lunch afterwards. And I'm sorry (laughs) that they lied to you about all of that, but I'm very glad that you're here. Uh, and, And maybe these stories that you saw on video this morning, maybe they've made you think about some stuff that you weren't planning on thinking about this morning. Maybe they've Uh, giving you some questions that you're asking in your mind about what this might look like for me were I to decide to follow Jesus like these people that got in this pool. And so if that's you and you've got questions, you've got things that you're wondering about after this morning, uh, we've got a team of people um, that would love to talk with you through any and all of that. They'd love to pray for you if you'd like that to happen. Um, They'd love to help answer any questions that you might have. Uh, And they're going to be down front right here in front of the stage to my left and to my right uh, after the gathering. And I would just say, If if you feel like there might be something going on in here that it would be helpful to talk to somebody about, I would just encourage you not to leave without doing that. And so if we can be helpful on that front, just let us know. Meet with some of these people down at the front of the stage. They would love to answer or help answer any questions that you have or help in any way. Um, So please allow them to do that if that helps you. Thank you guys so much for being here. I'd love to pray for us as we head out. Um, Father, thank you for each and every story that we heard today on video. 
Thank you for each and every person that got in this water and, and symbolized the new life that they have in you and celebrated it and allowed us to celebrate with them. God, I thank you for every story represented in this room as a whole, the many, many people in this room that have dedicated their lives to following you and helping a world come to know who you are. And God, ultimately, that's what we want. We don't want to just be a holy huddle that shows up here on Sunday and does our thing and goes about our life as normal. We want to become a group of people that come here on Sunday and then are motivated and equipped to go out into the world and help people understand and encounter who you are. So God, would you fill us with your spirit so that that can happen as we leave this place? God, the true ministry, the true value, the true activity of the church starts when we walk out of these doors. And so, God, would you empower us by your spirit to do just that. We ask this in your name. We thank you for your son, Jesus.